you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Every catch, every two-minute drill, every fourth and inches if it's NFL football and it happened. NFL Game Pass has got it. Get every live out-of-market preseason game, condensed games, replays, coaches film, and more. Kick off your free trial today at NFL.com slash Game Pass. The Around the NFL Podcast knows when daddy is coming home. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes. Mark Zessler, Patrick Claybon, hello, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Oh, yeah. Monday show. No case of the Mondays here, right, Mark? Well, actually, no, because your hand, Mark. <laughs> it's getting worse. You know, you had a splint on at the end of last week. Thank you, Tom Brady. Uh, check out the show if you want to know why uh, from Friday. Now, Here's a tease. cut to Monday, and it's an entire gauze wrap, and, and your finger is basically has looks like it has about a foot of layering around it, protective layering. What's going on? Well, long story short, when I initially I had a major laceration on the on the left index finger, <laughs> and I went to you know a Tom Brady's fault a credible emergency room. I won't mention the hospital. <laughs> yes, but they decided, hey, let's just glue this together, mm. which I thought fine. You guys, so, you was guys, your doctor like a preschooler? No, uh, this is some this is a method they use apparently. Um, but I looked, I took the bandaid off today <laughs> to check it out, and the glue had completely dissolved. And the cut was still enormous, and so I it did not look good. The finger was blue, and I had no feeling at the end, and wow. I still don't. So, went to an urgent care, another one I won't name uh, to stay out of any lawsuits. But uh, they basically, long story short, I'm very woozy. I feel woozy, but they're basically mm. saying like, mm. you're lucky you don't have nerve damage, and they 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 stitched it up and sent me on my way. The you you mentioned ahead, preschooler, and I'm and I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm suddenly having a vision of Mark, maybe not in a total right mind, actually last weekend, and like going into his his kid's uh, room and like Colton with like a fake doctor kit, like you know, putting Elmer's glue on him. And the results would have been equal. 
So anyway, we're we're hoping that that Mark fights this, but I do. If there's one positive potential for a loopy Sessler here, and uh, you know that could be okay. It's happened before. Yeah. I'm I'm concerned. <laughs> I, I'm worried about you. Yeah, I'm not a doctor, but I would say that finger's got you know maybe it's, about a week left. Yeah, I you know I'm already thinking how to operate with nine fingers in our society. <laughs> it's a, you it's a crucial ready? digit too. It is. It we don't want to make is. light of it, but will you be ready for week one? Well, yeah. I mean, my job essentially is to type. It's taking me out of that a little bit, but I should be fine by week one. Apparently, what a mess! Yeah. What a mess! All right, this is uh, uh, you know, we're starting to get down to the nitty gritty now. What are the the first week of the regular season is a week from Thursday, and uh, that means we got to start looking at some really drilling down. And week three of the preseason is now in the rear view, and we'll touch on that today. Uh, but now we want to look ahead, and that's why we're bringing it back. We're going around the AFC in 48 minutes. Yeah. Claybon, are you uh, familiar with this segment? So familiar. I, I remember <laughs> the first time where Sydney was, was required to find a sound oh, for that man. initial three minutes. Sure. And, and I, I actually went back and listened to it just to, wow. to get back. Well, because yeah. this is important it's to me. Pro. The fact that, that you guys would reach out and say, hey, come on and do the preview. And I'm I'm nervous. I'm shaking a little bit, but <laughs> but I, I want this. Ner- I like it. Nervous energy is good energy. I feel like listen. It's it's you're you're Jimmy G right now, going on the road to Arizona, week one last season. Yeah, and yeah. and next year somebody's gonna give me twenty million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Sight unseen. Don't don't look at this as you're trying to replace Wes's football knowledge, but just know <laughs> that you're actually sitting in Wes's seat. And that's what we'll be asking you to do today. Yeah, that's why. That's why I put my microphone <laughs> cable across my front, like oh. like a seatbelt. If Absolutely. you listen to last year's, I can only assume that we, you know, went 100 for 100 in terms of good points <laughs> yeah. and accurate predictions. There were some things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have to get into it. I'm sure we nailed it all. Uh, a plus effort by all of us. All right, but before we do that, we got some news to do. Uh, including, oh, a tough trip to the throne of sleaze. So we say hello to Erica behind the glass. What's up, Erica? Hey, how's it going, guys? How are you? Good. Nice weekend? Yeah, it was great. Good, good. It was great. I was going to say, Mark has, like, permanent, um, like, finger guns. Like, hey! Yeah, it's a a true benefit of what's what's unfolding. Like, I think you need to stay positive. Also, you know how, uh, I believe it was uh, James Garfield was assassinated by a man that had a cast with a gun within the cast? Kind of got that look going on, too. I feel like, you know. Calling me a, pres- a presidential assassin in waiting. No. No. But, if, saying, it, but if, anyone, if anyone in the room was. Yeah, prob- uh, you know, it, probably you it, with the gun uh, cast. I, I would say Greg is higher on that list than he would like to believe in terms of a potentially dangerous public figure. Yeah, Greg's hands are in his sleeves right now, too. What's <laughs> going on? Well, we know Greg okay. happening here. <laughs> Let's do some news. It was tough any time a teammate goes down. So, uh, you know. We've all been playing long enough where when someone does, um, you know, other people have to step in and fill the void. Quit belly aching, Tommy. All right, here we go. The big news. What? I don't know. We're just going to step up. Whatever. But the truth is the Patriots were dealt a very tough blow on Friday in their third preseason game. Julian Edelman's not going to be involved with the team this year. An MRI revealed uh, on Saturday what the team and Edelman had feared. He suffered a torn ACL in his right knee during the Pats' preseason win over the Lions. Uh, Rap Sheet uh, reported this, citing a source informed of the situation. The Patriots later confirmed that Edelman is done for the year 
and, and you just heard from Brady just there. Uh, and, and Greg, I know um, Edelman, and we were just talking about this on the fantasy show uh, that we did on Friday. And by the way, shame on you if you were doing your drafts before the third preseason game. Uh, we were just talking about how Edelman, maybe not the flashiest fantasy player, but the guy was an absolute main cog in that offense. How much is this going to affect the Patriots, Greg? I think it's a huge impact. They're so they're deeper than they've ever been on offense, but I don't think you just replace Julian Edelman. People think, yeah, I, I read a couple takes. It's like he's no longer even their top wide receiver, so it's not as big deal. Let's see Brandon Cooks do it because one of the reasons Edelman is so good is because he's always reading the field the same way as Brady. He's the team's all-time leader in playoff yards, in playoff touchdowns. He's an incredible player for them and is their best wide receiver. Most teams do not have Chris Hogan, Malcolm Mitchell, Brandon Cooks you know, behind him, Danny Amendola, so they should be able to rebound. But Edelman is as big a loss and as good a wide receiver as they've had during the Brady run. I feel like outside of Gronkowski, too, there isn't a player on the team that you would call a more committed um, you know, apostle to Tom Brady. He completely buys into Brady's approach to the game, and they have formed a pretty psychic connection, it feels like. Like that game, if you watch that game, that was a great example. He had three catches in the first drive, broke about four tackles in those three catches. Uh, he was dominating that drive. And, and later in that game, I, when Brady was intercepted, it was because Chris Hogan went one way on an option route, and they do all these routes where the receiver has to choose which way to go based on the defense. Hogan went one, one way, the wrong way, and Brady threw an interception. That's the type of thing you don't see as much with Edelman. A lot of people really sleep on Julian Edelman. And, I don't know why. You, you wonder why. I mean, you could have some theories. I certainly do. But <laughs> you, you see when he plays 16 games, he had 105 catches. Uh the first time last year he had 98. I mean, you could pretty much book it that he was going to have 100 catches uh, this season, and you don't just you don't just replace that. I'll use a Wessism here uh, that Brady and Edelman had a mind meld, and there 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 is something to be said for that. One of the most famous catches in Super Bowl history, Julian Edelman made it last year. Which uh, if he doesn't make that catch, they might not win the Super Bowl. And now he's out of the picture. And and the idea that. Danny Amendola, to use him as one of the hypothetical plug-and-play options they have in this situation. We've joked about it, Greg, and you, you, you've joked about it a lot, about how you know, Amendola's worth every dollar because he steps up in the Super Bowl every time they're in the game. But he, if, if he's going to be the guy, he needs to become a more consistent player. Edelman was a consistent uh, playmaker for that team, and it's going to hurt that offense big time. Yeah, he was their best wide receiver. Now, they can make it up in other ways, and we'll talk about that during the preview. I think the backfield's as deep as it's ever been. They have Gronk is healthy again. Dwayne Allen is at tight end. So I think you can make it up in other ways. I was interested. I don't know if you guys saw the analysis by Erica Tamposi done immediately after the injury on Twitter, and I'm going to quote this. It's in all caps. Edelman, you better shake it off. Oh, my OMG, I swear. <laughs> that 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 was a th- that was a voice recording of myself just now. I just heard it. I mean, it was it was identical. Shake it off. Okay, Edelman is like the heart of that team when you have Brady. I mean, it's an emotional. It's not just he's See great. That. Your from caps an, uh, on the oh my tweet. god, I, just that. I'm heartbroken. I caught Wes uh, Wes's ire a few two to three years ago when I said Edelman at his best is absolutely better than Wes Welker at his best, and I think his play over the last few years has has borne that out a little bit. And now he won't be there. So let's see. Uh, how- Wes feeling a disturbance in the force, right? He's been essentially subtweeted on this show. <laughs> but remember, the Patriots won the Super Bowl without Rob Gronkowski last year. I would not count them out with this loss. Is Three to 28? Anyway. No. 
Yeah, so here we go. Moving on, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are facing an absence themselves on Sunday. Linebacker Avante's perfect. Um, he returned an interception, 62 yards for a touchdown. Everybody was saying, oh, perfect's looking great. Uh, another great piece of that defense. But guess what? Perfect might not be around. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport reported Sunday night that Perfect is facing a five-game suspension for a hit that he put on Chiefs fullback fullback Anthony Sherman uh, last week. Video of the play in question uh, appeared to show Perfect uh, hitting Sherman after Chiefs quarterback Alex Smith released a pass headed for tight end Travis Kelsey. Uh, ESPN first reported this development. Rappaport reported that Perfect intends to appeal the ruling uh, what are, what are your thoughts on this? Patrick Claybon, perfect five games. Now it's really getting serious in terms of the league coming after him. Yeah. History of factor. It's almost as though there was this giant Vontes perfect file and no next time he does anything questionable. Uh, we we're going to have to drop the hammer on him because you, you look at this and you wonder if, if anybody else is coming across on a, on a mesh concept and gets hit a little bit after the quarterback throws the ball. If, if we're even having this conversation, well, no, it's not for the player. That's, that's the league rule. I think any other player would just be fined $15,000. And they have a system where it's a bigger punishment each time. And the last time he was suspended, which was for three games, they cited six different times that he had violated. And so I think with, a, with a, basically any other player, I think you would have just been fined. It is hardly, if you go through his catalog of you know egregious hits, it's hardly yeah. the worst. It's hardly the worst. And even the player, Ethan Sherman afterwards said, clean hit. Told him that on the field. That's what Perfect says. Oh. But one, it's a huge loss for the Bengals because Perfect has never looked better than he had this preseason. One thing that that's a great point, and I think he's like one of if the key members of that defense other than Geno Atkins. But what's been lost here is there is a rules emphasis at, at play that I don't think a lot of fans – and, and I was had forgotten about really where certain illegal hits, including these blindside hits, which are assen- essentially collision low crossers. You remember that book yeah. that we talk about? That, Great that, title. That's what this. That's what this hit is. That a blindside hit where where he knows the guy's out of the play, or at least they believe he knows the guy's out of the play, is now a rules emphasis that you're going to get fined for more. Um, we'll talk about the Cincinnati Bengals a little bit later, as we will the Patriots. Uh, finally, in the news. Tropical Storm Harvey has been wreaking havoc uh, in South Texas. Houston took a has been taking a barrage all through the weekend. More than 30 inches of rain uh, has fallen on parts of Houston since Thursday, according to the National Weather Service. Uh, the death toll on Monday had risen to eight, and we're talking a situation where tens of thousands of people are going to be looking for emergency shelter. Um, the Texas, uh, the governor called in the entire national guard of the state to help out. Um, there's been a lot of outreach in, in terms of people trying to help out. Nice job by JJ Watt, uh, fundraising the Texans as well. Um, but what does this mean, uh, for the Houston Texans now, uh, Greg, there's, they are on, they have week one, uh, scheduled. They have a game at home, uh, what are they saying right now? Are we going to be seeing the Texans in Houston? It seems impossible right now. Well, right now they're practicing at the Cowboys facility. They have not announced as we tape this where what they're going to do with Thursday's preseason game. I would expect that word to come down soon, whether they play it in Dallas. I suppose they could just cancel the game entirely, but that seems unlikely. We've seen in the past teams play in other stadiums, and if Houston's not ready, and I, I think this – 
this flood has been a hard thing to wrap your mind around because it's not over. Like I've seen some before and after shots of like what's happened. It's like it's not after. They had more rainfall last night, Sunday night, than they usually have for two months at a time, and, it, and it's still going. So it's, I don't think people really know because it's impossible to know the damage that's gone on and how long this this recovery is going to take. Yeah, the the storm has turned out back towards the Gulf of Mexico, but the flooding could actually get worse in Houston uh, with uh, their flood control reservoirs and and having to release water and. It's a situation that I think, I mean, it seems like it turned into a worst-case scenario from where it was on Thursday, and now here we are Monday, and things are a lot, lot worse than everyone uh, has, had realized. And uh, you really you feel for those people, and you hope that this things they get some good news down there soon. I mean, yeah, the, the location of a preseason football game, probably one of the low wattage um, angles to this. There's a lot more going on in that city than where the game will be played against the Cowboys. Right, and, but for the team, they're in a really unique circumstance where Tom Savage is talking about you know, his seven-month-old baby and his wife is there, and pretty much all of their families are in Houston, and they're separated from them because they were on the road at a preseason game. Uh, some of the coaches I know had to evacuate their houses. I can think of a – I evacuated to Houston once during a hurricane, and, and the, the place the, – the parents' house that I stayed at, parents of my friends, they, they their house is flooded right now. Uh, his wife's house is flooded. So there's a lot of people – whose lives have been totally upended, and I don't think anyone really knows like where it's going. Yeah, it's tough to even think about the number of people that had to uproot and leave the Gulf Coast in New Orleans after Katrina and in southern Mississippi and actually relocated to Houston right? who might be in the same situation now over a decade later. It's just horrible. It's crazy. And uh, Bill O'Brien, the Texans coach, uh, here's what he had to say. Um, obviously, as the coach, or you're a manager. You have a lot of people that are looking to you. And here's what O'Brien had to say about the situation. You know, football is obviously important, but I think the most important thing right now is doing everything we can for our city. I will tell you right now, we're going to dedicate this season to the city of Houston, the people of Houston. Um, you know, there are no guarantees uh, in football. That's not what I'm here to say. But I will guarantee that this team will go out every Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whenever they ask us to play. And we'll play our asses off for the city of Houston. I promise you that. All right. So that's what's going on in Houston. We'll track that um, as the week uh, goes on. All right. That's what's happening in the news, folks. And, uh, yes, it is time uh, to go around the AFC. Some people say, oh, let's just go right through the conference. Sure, sure. No, 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 no. That's not the best way to really get an idea of what's going on with each of these teams. So we go. Around. You could almost say we're circumventing the AFC. On some level. Avoiding it entirely. That, on some level you could say that, but actually what we're doing that'd is be weird. we're going around it so we can get the real angle on everybody. 360. Like, like concentric circles? To, yeah. To fill it in? Kind of concentric-y. Venn diagrams? Yeah. yeah. So, um, all right. So that's what we're going to do. And here are the rules because we can't be here all day. We got jobs. Everybody's got jobs. That <laughs> Claymon might get called. For breaking news <laughs> in the happen. middle of this show. That's just a fact. Yeah. Sometimes it happens. Absolutely could happen. So we're going to do three minutes uh, for each of the AFC teams uh, for divisions, uh, four teams in each division, four times for 16. Double check my math. 32 teams divided by two equals 16. Okay, nailed it. Twice. So, there we go. Got it. <laughs> so I showed my work there, Greg. And you think getting a 39 in a state-mandated math test would shake my confidence? No, I just plug in the numbers and keep rolling. 
You're never too old to to get better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. And we're going to start with the AFC East. And, and Greg, I'm going to start with the throne of ease. Okay. Uh, we already talked about Julian Edelman. So, Erica, this is your first time doing around the AFC. Uh, or And we're going to do around the NFC on Wednesday. Don't you worry, NFC heads. <laughs> is that a thing? Uh, it's, it's just just people. Who, it's like people. They only watch NFC games. They're just like, oh, I hate the style of play in the AFC. Never watch them. So once I throw it to Greg, start the clock, and then you know, give us like an, a warning around the one minute mark. And then once we hit it, we're moving on to the next team. Just a heads up, it will be the Zeuser. So I'm giving myself a heads up. Okay. Uh, after that, I will throw it to Mark, and then Claybon, and then we'll just repeat going in each. Oh, this is a little bit exciting. A little bit exciting right now. Fired up. A little yeah. pressure packed. All right, here we go, Erica. You ready? And New England Patriots, start us off. Greg. I, I want to <laughs> hear a buzzer or something. No, 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 just go. All right. Their backfield right now. I cost in, you six seconds. In New England, and I, I, this occurred to me watching their game this weekend, Deion Lewis has emerged as a big-time preseason story because it looks like the old Deion Lewis is back. He has a chance to be their starter week one. Rex Burkett has showed out well. Mike Gillisley's healthy again. Looks like their goal line guy is going to be uh, a big-time factor. And James White's a Super Bowl hero. I think this is the deepest backfield, the best running game that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have ever had, and that can help mitigate the loss of Julian Edelman, and I'm looking at it as something – that's going to be different about this Patriots team, that I think this running game is going to be a big-time story and one of the reasons why their offense is still among the league's best. It's funny because a couple years ago in the offseason, I wrote a piece ranking NFL backfields and had someone on the Patriots tell me that out of 10, he would rate his own backfield as a 2 or a 3. This was before Deion Lewis emerged, but you look now, and without Edelman on the field, I think someone like Rex Burkhead could wind up playing a major role in the passing game for them. They just have so many different guys that can do so much out of the backfield. They're just they're going to do it. They're going to get the production. It's just going to look different. And it's also right. it's a, they're going to be defended I think they're going to be on the field at the same time a lot. Like Gillisley will yeah. be in the backfield, one will be in the slot, and that's why as as much as it hurts for a Patriots fantasy Edelman because that's one of the best players, one of your favorite players, that they are deeper than they have ever been. It is a you know on paper it's all paper they're better than they were in 2000. Hey, the games aren't paid on paper though, Greg. You know what I mean? Greg. Yes. How about this? Can you point one area of the team that you would say you're Grab concerned Patrick. about? Oh, I, don't th- on I don't think it's a good front seven. I don't think it's a good pass rush. In terms of the pass rush talent, I think it's below league average, no doubt. It's not one of the better front sevens that they've had. They've lost a lot of their their talent over the year. I don't know if they're like an above a well above average defense. Um, the Coney Ealy trade didn't work out. No. Nope. And that was another guy that maybe they hoped he would be pass rush. Actually signed in waivers with the Jets. Uh, yeah, but Deion Lewis, it's easy to forget now. He came back and made some noise last year, but before he blew out his knee the year before, he had emerged as this like killer option uh, for Belichick in that offense. So if, that's, uh, if that comes back again, and he's that guy, he's going to get a lot of work. Uber-talented satellite back. <laughs> well, part of the reason, too, is these guys have all been there. The offensive line is is back. Hogan now has some experience there. Like Two of those running backs have been there. Gronk, it's like the, the continuity that McDaniels has, and Brady's been in the entire same system the entire time. Well, they're basically Ten, using the Bills as a nine, farm team, too, which eight, is annoying if you're seven, from Buffalo. Six, a lot of things to be annoyed five, about if you're in Buffalo. Four, three, two, one. 
All right, I'll go with the Dolphins. Let's talk a little Dolphins here. And, you know, all the focus is on Jay Cutler in this offseason or in the this summer, and right, rightfully so. That's a that's a, a big addition following a devastating injury to your starting quarterback. But I'm going to assume Jay Cutler is going to be Jay Cutler, all right? And nothing in this preseason has told me otherwise. He's going to make plays. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to be Jay. He's probably going to be maybe a little better or a little worse than Ryan Tannehill. So two, two points I want to make. Number one, the Dolphins have the Bills and the Jets four times, and the Patriots do too, but the, the Dolphins do too. So this idea of uh, the Dolphins maybe falling back now that they lost their quarterback, you're going to have two teams in your division in the midst of a major rebuild. Uh, so I think that that's going to really obviously help them when if they take care of business, that's four wins right off the bat. Oh, my goodness. You got to love the Dolphins for that reason alone. But here's the reason not to love the Dolphins. I don't know if you guys caught their last preseason game. They got shredded on defense. They gave up 28 points in the first half, and that's with most of their defensive starters playing in the game. Uh, And this is the same team that was 29th overall in yards allowed last season. Uh, They've been bad throughout the preseason so far. I don't want to put too much into it, but bad defense last year, not looking good this year. Jay Cutler's there, but if they can't get stops on defense, this is going to be a problem. How worried are we about their D, Mark? Well, I mean, it was it was an overt concern last year. The best case scenario for Miami is you almost take a Cowboys-type approach where Jay Cutler, I would say, I don't know if he's ever been on a team with more weapons around him. I mean, he's got a great trio of wide receivers, and if you're the Dolphins, you use Jay Ajayi and you eat up the clock, that you want to control the ground game, the possessions, and keep your defense off the field as much as you can. Jay Ajayi made it work last year in the, the spots that he – played in and so you wonder obviously Ryan Tannehill doesn't bring the same opportunities that Jay Cutler does so it's going to be a totally different looking offense but like you said, Dan, you're going to get Jay Cutler. You're like, I don't get, know what the ceiling is. What's then the ceiling bad. for this team? To what, me, it's, wins? It's not any different. I think they they were very fortunate to get the amount of wins. They won a lot of close games last year. It, they would do very well to maintain a 10-win type of pace. Like, I don't really – to me, they're an eight- or nine-win type of team. Outside of that Bills-Jets thing, though, their schedule has some brutal turns. They, I mean, they got a playoff team type schedule. I mean, they have Andre Branch – Cameron Wake, William Hayes, a first-round pick, and Charles Harris as their pass rushers. That, that's pretty good, but right behind that, you're, you brought in uh, some linebackers. We'll see if Lawrence Timmons works out. You definitely have questions Ten, in the secondary. Nine, like, you're right. The defense, eight, to me, worries. Seven, yeah, and, six, but they made it work last year. Four, Maybe they'll make it work three, again. Ten wins last year. Two, it seems doable. One. Moving on. Mark Sassler. You just talked about the Jets. I, I have to ask with the Buffalo Bills if they are a legitimate threat to New York's, at this point, not secret plan to say uh, basically chase the number one draft pick. Because I look at a roster that we even in the last couple of weeks, you see how, how much they're turning this roster, how differently they want the team's identity to look than whatever they inherited from Rex Ryan. I see a quarterback that probably is in his last year starting for them, may not even finish the year as a starter for them. I see LaShawn McCoy who could be traded by Halloween. Is this a team, is, could this be the worst team in the AFC? Hmm. The way they're off, they're, they're that offense. Every preseason, there's one offense where you heard all offseason was a disaster in practice, and then they get to the preseason, they just can't make a first down, and it, it actually does carry over, and, and you worry about it, and they are that offense this year. And we didn't even mention Tyrod Taylor had a concussion. 
I, I started to wonder, and Bills fans are crazy. They want to start Nathan <laughs> Peterman. They want to start this fifth-round pick who's had a couple flashes, but it's not like he's lighting it up in the preseason. This concussion is very weird timing-wise. Like, could Peterman start week one? I thought maybe they could trade Ty- Tyrod Taylor. I was starting to think they might just dump him, but they can if he's hurt. You got to feel for Bills fans. They're part of the sad brotherhood that they've just missed the playoffs for 16 straight years, and now they're going to go into a painful rebuild. Uh, and yeah, I mean, Reggie Ragland was traded today. Second round pick, uh, two year or last year, never even played a down with this team, blew out his knee and was being used sparingly was on the roster bu- bubble. So he was sent to KC. Mark, I believe you had the scoopage on that one, uh, <laughs> last month. Oh yes, that's right. You yes. put it in trades you yeah. want to see. And then well, you, you know, and it, it was like, it was like, you're powerful. We didn't even know how to make this story a headline. It was like potential logical trades that could make <laughs> sense for some teams. And it was, you know, a somewhat of a laughing stock, but then I nailed it. Yeah. So what do you think about well, that? Maybe Brandon Bean, their GM, was reading it. And, uh, was there like, you go. Yeah, that's a pretty good idea. You hope not if you're a Bills fan. All due respect. No, no, you would, not, them, you would yeah. not want them to be, you know, sourcing their team plans off of, like, a blogger on NFL.com. They can't do that when they've <laughs> got a giant board that said, things Doug Whaley did, and they're just marching off yeah. every <laughs> single one of them. I mean, <laughs> I mean for, for an organization that had so much patience with Doug Whaley, I mean, now they're not making any – any bones about it. They're just stripping his legacy completely. What a legacy. It, it, it is a defensive coach with some talent on defense, and their defenses look great in the preseason. It's worth mentioning that they have some players. Marcel Darius got sent home over the weekend, but he's there still. Jerry Hughes had a great preseason. They love their rookie cornerback, uh, Tredavious White. Like, they could be a good defense. You have to hope that the, the hope is that the ownership, which is there's been a lot of tumult under, under that ownership group in Buffalo, that they're said to the coach and GM, we realize it's going to get worse. You have a chance. You have a chance. You're not going to pull the plug on you guys in two seasons. Don't undermine Tyrod, please. And to answer your question, I don't think they're the worst team in the AFC, but they're bottom three. Speaking of, go. Hey, let's talk about the Jets. Um, so the last time the Jets won five games, it was back in 1965. They were in the AFL. Do you guys know what happened the year after that? Uh, the last time they won five games? Yeah. They won the Super Bowl the next year. No, they won six games. Oh, oh. <laughs> so that's right. what you're keep, predicting. Yeah, keep hope alive. No, um, I think they drafted Joe Namath around then, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, sometime around then. Yeah. Things things got good. There's hope. Uh, there's hope. Shout out to Dan's dad. There's there's good news. <laughs> uh, the the battle for the Snoopy Trophy, which I found out was an actual trophy. Oh yeah. Over oh, yeah. The, over oh the bro, weekend. big time trophy. <laughs> it's a real thing. Oh, yeah. Um, so Hackenberg looked horrible. Bryce Petty came in and led this miraculous comeback. <laughs> so then, of course, Bryce Petty gets hurt. He's going to be out for four weeks. No, he'll Hack- be okay. He'll be okay. Hackenberg uh, comes back in, and then they ultimately lose. But so now we get Josh McCown. And when I think about this Jets team, and as Mark intimated, the efforts to obtain the, the number one overall pick, I think <laughs> of a fictional baseball team that – the ownership did not want them to win, but they rallied around an aging veteran. Oh, no. Josh McCown is Jake Taylor, and he's going to come in. Wow. A somber moment in the locker room and says, nothing left to do now but win the whole thing. Wow. <laughs> there you go. So you're saying that Josh McCown is going to channel Tom Berenger in a big spot. Yes. Not sniper like Tom Berenger, though. You're Another speaking awesome Dan's movie. language. There's at least a little part of Dan that suddenly just woke up and was like, <laughs> you never know. Uh, you never know. You never know. You never know. I know. In fact, the the Bryce Petty did light it up against the Giants' uh, third and fourth stringers. That was nice to see through three touchdown passes. And then, of course, 
Bryce Petty always gets hurt. He gets rolled up on, but that's just a minor sprain. I think he even practiced today, so he should be ready for week one. Um, and he is going to, I think, get uh, the most starts on this team. That's what I think that's how things have T-minus changed now. I think McCown was named starter today, obviously. Christian Hackenberg is, I think, after another dead-on-arrival performance, I think – his window is shut. You don't need to evaluate him again. Yeah, I think I think that's the way they. You will this too. Thursday. I mean, he'll play Thursday again. I think the writing's on the wall, though. That's just the way it seems to me. And and Bull said something on Monday praising Petty, which seemed to be sending a message mm. that he's kind of setting the table here because you know McCown's not going to play more than eight games this year. I think Hackenberg's done. Well, I I think Hackenberg, if he was drafted where Petty was drafted, would not make this team. And watching that game. This wasn't like the normal developmental bumps. This is watching quarterback play that you just don't normally see in the NFL because mm-hmm. the players are just better. Ten. <laughs> you know, uh, like he's so eight, overwhelmed seven, that six, I it wouldn't shock me five, if they just cut him, four, if they just decide, three, let's release him right now. Two, if McCagnan can have the guts to do that, it was his mistake. Moving on to the AFC North. Greg, get us going. Oh, yeah. A lot of negativity around the old Ravens this offseason. <laughs> that old? Because, well, a lot of injuries that we've been talking yeah. about. No one's had any worse luck. But I think this Ravens team is sneaky confident because they have a bunch of young defensive players mm-hmm. that I think not a lot of big names. Tyus Bowser, a rookie. Brent Irvin. Uh, Matthew Judon. Uh Michael Pierce, all these guys that are, are kind of no names, and there's others, the stars are still there. They're in the secondary, and they got Terrell Suggs. All these guys, when you add them all up, they're suddenly very young, and they kind of came up together, and they're fast. And I think we're going to be looking at some old, early 2000s Ravens-style game. Not that they're the 2000s Ravens defense, but we're going to be seeing some 12-9 to ugly <laughs> games that remind you of Kyle Bowler and that the Ravens could still be pretty good winning games like that. Like the old Ravens. Shout out Kyle Bowler. <laughs> big Bowler shout out in a big spot. Hey, Justin Tuck's still in the building, and I believe. I I think this is a team that could win nine or ten games for sure. Well, I feel that way about the Ravens every year mm-hmm. because they've they've had a few um, you know total stink job regular seasons, but that was typically tied to injuries. You have to look at that offense, though. It's, it's, it's possible, but th- we're in a different NFL than, than year 2002. The league has vastly changed, and this formula where Tucker's going to hit five field goals a game and they're going to win 15-13, a lot has to happen for that kind of thing to play out. Like, if Flacco's back injury becomes an extenuating thing that goes on and on. No, as in practice. Big problems in Baltimore. I mean, you're gonna, you're be, you may only give, be giving up 20 points a game, 19 points a game, but how are you going to score them? And, and the offense wasn't exactly humming with Joe Flacco <laughs> no. there no. last year. Right. Nope. And he said this weekend, Harbaugh, that Flacco would definitely be back, but it's getting close. It was like a week and a half away. He hasn't practiced football I don't yet. trust any yeah, of I've these I've kind of stopped listening to them talk about Flacco in general. By the way, Prashad Perriman, who I was excited about this season, I don't know why, he hasn't practiced in a month either. So they're they're pretty thin. Ryan Mallett continues to confound me that they have not gone out and gotten another quarterback. Are you uh, hinting at a certain quarterback that they haven't gone out and gotten? Colin Kaepernick, yeah. That would be the one. To the point where they talk to him and stuff. You right. think the relationship it really sounded there? It really sounded like the coaching staff and possibly the front office wanted him. It's gross negligence if this turns into a situation where Ryan Mallett starts through September and they decided to just 
take a chance that Joe Flacco's back was going to get better. And clearly they thought it'd be better by now, even if they haven't said that. But if Mallet ends up starting multiple games, yeah. you, you almost give yourself no chance to win. You play the Bengals, Browns, and Steelers in the first month. And if you don't have Ma- if you don't have Flacco there, you're and in the, big trouble. And it could be so frustrating because of Jimmy Six, Smith and Eric five, Weddle and Tony Jefferson four, because they're going to be so good, and yet they still might not two, be able to get wins. One. Don't say anything bad about Ozzie Newsom. Not allowed. <laughs> Doesn't know how to build an offense right. Well, now, he didn't. Sure. He didn't go out and personally injure the 12 players they've lost in the preseason. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, so. The Steelers are really they're, – they're slow playing their, their opponents on this preseason schedule. You haven't seen anything. Big Ben's rarely played a lot of dink and dunk stuff in their most least recent pre, preseason game. Forget about that, though. When the lights go up, you're going to have Lev Bell, who's going to report in a couple days. Uh, Martavis Bryant rejoining Antonio Brown on the outside. I have no reason to think that Martavis won't be an immediate playmaker there. Uh, so my question is, who's going to stop this team in a healthy state from putting up 30 points a game. And we were we were bullish about this team before Brian's suspension last year. Now with all the pieces intact, who's going to stop them? How about this? Nobody until, like every other season, Pittsburgh finds itself in the divisional game of the AFC playoffs and they stop themselves. Mm. They, I, I, don't, I think we've been asking this question about the Steelers relevantly for years. It's like who, who outside of Pittsburgh is their worst? I guess my point is Lev Bell seems to always get hurt at the worst time. Bryant wasn't there at all. I'm just from, let's say you're an apt, optimistic Steelers fan. You're saying, okay, all the pieces are there. Yeah, what if is, these guys do stay on the field? This is, this is the season. The, the, Tomlin has turned it over, turned the defense over from LeBeau to Keith Butler, and they have a young defense that I think is primed like this is kind of Tomlin's defense. You're not going to get Lev Bell, Antonio Brown, Roethlisberger and Bryant all in their primes together all at once. I don't know if, you know, we're not sure if Big Ben's still in his prime right now. He's got to show that. Or if he'll so be this, back next this year. Is I agree. Don't have that midseason swoon where you lose to the Browns and the and the Bills back-to-back in weeks five and six. Yeah, We see these guys and we see them individually, and the idea is once they're all there together, then suddenly there's going to be all the points are going to happen at the same time. But <laughs> The, the issue is that there's only one football, and a lot of times Antonio Brown was getting all those balls because he was really the only option. And so I, I'm not exactly sure it leads to – Good offensive line, though. That can make up for a lot. I mean, that can – Underrated line. The, this is the goal, and getting at, Mark, your point, I think. This is the goal, the Steelers. You cannot – you can't control injuries, but you – you cannot go into one of these midseason funks, yep. which takes you into the spot where you end up 10-6, and 11-5. and five. You need to play up to your potential. And so when you get to that divisional playoff game, it's in your building. They cannot go to Foxborough again because we've seen the script. You need to find out a way find a way to have a better record than the Patriots in the regular season. Otherwise, I feel like you're going to go down the same road again when the, when the lights are on in January. I, I really think that even though we've made fun of Roethlisberger from the beginning for his retirement whispers and questions that this – Potentially could be the end. Hayward, Tuit, Dupree, Shazier. This is the team. They always act like they're like, we're one of the franchises. Like, this is the year. Go have one of those 15 and 1 Cordell Stewart seasons or 15 and 1 Roethlisberger type of season. That's what you should have. This team can take out the Patriots. Mark Sessler. Oh, it's time to talk your team. All right. Well, when it comes to Cleveland, all preseason, let's talk about the quarterback situation over and over and over. The biggest difference that I have observed with this team compared to the past, I, literally since 1999, they have somehow figured out how to tackle 
players on the opposite team. <laughs> I have never seen this Major. before in Cleveland. And I, I do also think that not that they were game planning, that they took this preseason very seriously. They wanted to be where they're at, 3-0, and and show that culturally we can start to expect to win. So maybe they were doing a little more game planning on defense, and some of this is a result of that. Forget the quarterback business. Do we believe that Cleveland's defense, there is talent here, maybe is beginning to turn a corner, or is it a mirage that gets found out in week one when you play Pittsburgh? It's not a mirage. I mean, Miles Garrett is a spectacular football player, and we saw him get triple teamed at times uh, over this past weekend. Um, they've got guys that can make plays. Not sure how Peppers is going to translate. He, He's looked good. Yeah. He was able to get Jameis. Um, so it's – it's um, it's not a mirage. It's weird that Miles Garrett being a total beast in the preseason, one of, for what it's worth, PFF's top-rated players in the preseason, that's been a little under the radar that, like, hey, this number one pick is absolutely looking like a number one pick. Maybe no one wants to jinx it. You know, yeah. the same way with Clowney when he came in with such expectations. Yeah, I think they're more talented. They're a lot more talented this year. And you can't – if you have – like Joey Bosa showed last year, how how that could have a, transform, a transformative effect on a defense if you have a guy that's an instant impact guy. Uh, I wouldn't put really anything into their 3-0 record. I get the yeah. logic of it and also the tackling thing. Uh, that's good that they, they seem fundamentally sound, but I really want to see – them win a game that matters in September because I think if they just win their opening game or or even split those first two games, all that stuff gets washed away. I have a, well, their opening a, game is Pittsburgh, and we just announced <laughs> them as the team that can knock out the I have a the theory, though. England, Greg so. Williams' shtick works best early in his tenure. I believe mm-hmm. they might have won the Super Bowl in his first season in New Orleans, especially with, like, a young team who kind of buys what he's in is a little scared of him, you know what I'm saying? So I think that's the time when Greg Williams' message So, so Cleveland's work. window begins yes, now. right now. <laughs> we haven't even mentioned Deshaun Kaiser is the week one starter, and you are buying in, Sessler. I know you said don't talk about the quarterback, but give me a break. I am buying in. I mean, I think that, you know, number one, I, this is the guy you have to evaluate before next year's draft, and, and it's why waste time on Brock Osweiler? That never felt right to me. You said that this team is going to be 8-8 eight and eight on your Twitter. You I, were, could see, you, I, could, I could see them going 8-8. Eight and eight. The, yep. yeah. I mean, that would be huge, huge. for the Browns just to, to get there, and it was a anti-Browns thing to do to, to not go with Brock Osweiler, and, and that's another positive sign that things are a little different right now. Bengals talk. He looks like a real quarterback. Greg, the buzzer sounded. <laughs> Screw the Bengals. <laughs> Screw the Bengals, the headline for yeah. the Bengals discussion. By the way, oh. Claybon continuing to make his power play in Chris Wessling's seat. Wants to talk Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Patrick. Um, and into West of us, uh, perhaps. Uh, Ooh. They had real problems on the offensive line last year, so Andrew Whitworth, who's spectacular, leaves to go to L.A., and mm. Kevin Zeitler goes to the Browns. And so what do they do? They – they're going with the rest of the guys that they drafted in the past, and we don't really know a lot about the guys that are going to play on the offensive line, and that's a real question. Uh, John Ross comes in, Joe Mixon. You think A.J. Green's going to be healthy, but if Andy Dalton doesn't have time to get the ball deep to John Ross or or to A.J. Green, what's it going to be? What's the Mm. future going to be for not just the team, but – at the end of this, does Marvin Lewis decide, you know, this has been fun. Guys, um, I'm done with this. Mm. And does the team move on from Andy Dalton? There's Whoa. a lot of questions uh, to be determined about the Bengals long term from this season. 
Dalton was not protected well last year when they did have those guys on the yeah. line. I mean, he he was he was battered around and the sack count was ridiculous. And so then you lose him. I think you know we spent a lot of the offseason talking about that line. What is hopeful to me and why I think that you could prevent all this uh, turnover is that what they've di- what they've added on offense makes them a completely different creation than what they were in the past. I mean, Mixon and if Ross pays off, but Mixon to me looks like he is going to be a fantastic player. How about 16 games of Tyler Eifert? Right. The, yeah. the, we'll the connections. Yeah, well, he's got to stay healthy. Um, but the connection that Dalton had, I thought that that was the main difference in terms of making Andy Dalton a really good quarterback two years ago was that he formed this deadly red zone threat with Eifert. I think he had something like 13 touchdowns before Dalton went down. And if you get healthy A.J. Green, I feel like I really do like the, the Bengals. I'm not an offensive line expert. I don't know how that unit's going to look when week one starts. But if they are just proficient, as long as they are not a major liability, I think that this team could threaten in that division, I think, like an 11-win season. And I, I think they're a playoff team. I'm with you. I think they're a playoff team. And trusting those tackles to rise up, we'll see if it works. But that's what the Bengals do. Football Outsiders had a great article about them, that they – have more of their own homegrown players on their team than any team in the NFL. That's what they do. They draft their players. They keep it. They're kind of zigging while the rest of the NFL is zagging in terms of free agency. They truly are a draft and develop team. They're secondary. They've got first-rounders that have barely even played for them. Darquez Denard and William Jackson is now coming up. I think the perfect injury or the suspension really, really hurts them. Yes. He's kind of the centerpiece. And if Wes was here, he would want me to mention that perfect deserves it because he's the dirtiest player in NFL history, according to West. Shout out to Wes. Uh, all right, halfway through the game, I just want – we should just – why don't we throw out – we're all we all got the Patriots in the AFC East, right? Yeah. 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 And do, Comfortably. I don't think any of us – do we see the, the Dolphins going back to the playoffs? I don't know. I don't personally. I Wouldn't don't. shock me. Um, and then in the north, uh, where do we all stand on a division? When I'm going to go with the Steelers personally. I'm just curious for you guys. I like the Steelers to go deep and then the Bengals to make the playoffs. I'm yeah, with I you. Think, I'm exactly. I, I think that 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 feels right. I mean, it's AFC North feels like the same thing to me over and over. Claybon standing. Do you have yeah. to go? Yeah, I was going to run down and do an update. Apparently, we've got a solution in the Thursday preseason game. Oh, wow. all right. So there you go. A little breaking news from Patrick Claybon. He's going to put his headset up. We're going to continue on. We're going to soldier on, and and we'll start uh, before we do that. Before we move to the second half of our AFC in 48 minutes, new era. New Era's NFL training collection has a great combination of innovative performance and style with features like UV protection, moisture wicking, and cooling technology. There's no reason you shouldn't make the New Era NFL training collection a part of your daily attire every day. Every single day. I don't care what's happening to you. Available at retailers like Lids, NFLShop.com, and Dick's Sporting Goods in your favorite team. All right, here we go. Uh, um, we'll start with the AFC South. Greg, get us going uh, with the defending division champs. Watching the preseason, if I did a power rankings of the worst offensive lines, should not really be a big metrics grab, <laughs> I don't think. Uh, Houston's under the radar here. Tom Savage, Deshaun Watson, they have had absolutely no time at all. No one seems to remember that their left tackle, Dwayne Brown, has been holding out. I went like... Googling for articles about it. No one has written about Dwayne Brown even in Houston for the last month for some reason. It's just, I guess they expect that he'll be back. But even when he gets back, it is a a rough looking group on paper. Mm -hmm. And I do worry for Savage or Watson, 
who under the radar had a had a quite an up and down preseason that just was typical for a rookie, but he did not look ready to play. I think these quarterbacks are in a really tough spot, really thin at wide receiver. You got DeAndre Hopkins and really no one else and a pretty poor offensive line. Like that is a recipe to me for this offense to be just as bad as, as it was for Brock Osweiler. Maybe the quarterbacks are a little better, but I'm not sure if the offense is really going to be much improved. I mean, they're not noticeably better. And I, I realized in that Saturday night game that Houston didn't have a flood of starters in there. I mean, no start, none of their yeah. top three wideouts, but they looked ghastly. It was a bad performance. It was bad football. And if you're Houston, you spent all offseason with this quarterback battle. It, these are the kinds of teams where they're going to play two, if not three quarterbacks this season. Oh, they're all going to play. They're all. We're going to see. You know, we know O'Brien. You think they're? You think they're going uh, to Brandon Whedon? Is, well, I think you could. You could. You could if right you. Now? Well, because because if it becomes a, some sort of a mash unit by the end of the year, you never know. I mean, it's it just feels like every season under O'Brien, he's forced to play more than even two quarterbacks. All right. The counter there is the te- okay. The Texans aren't a perfect team, but this is not a perfect division, and especially with Andrew Luck's uh, situation up in the air. I know people. A lot of people think the Titans are ready to make this the, the next step up. But I think the Texans, on the strength of nothing else other than J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney, potentially finally ready uh, to both just kill it together at the same time, I think their defense still has that ability to, to win games. The offense isn't going to score a lot of points. But I think O'Brien, and I know he's not a super popular figure, uh, he seems to get the most out of his team. So I think he'll find a way because it seems like the Texans always do. He has done that. It's the right division to be in if you want to go 9-7 and seven and be a division winner. That's a great argument to reseed the playoffs. It, it'll be interesting. It, it's impossible to know how it impacts a team on the field. But the, the hurricane, I mean the uh, flood rather, is going to be something that really shapes this season for them. We'll see how long that they're away from home and they're already said they're playing for the city and there's going to be a lot of emotions Ten, and families affected. Nine, I don't I don't know eight, what that means, but seven, I'm with you on Watt and Clowney. Six, I can't remember being more five, excited to watch four, a duo three, of two, defensive linemen play one. together in in my <laughs> lifetime. What's better than Watt and Clowney? I like that. Craig coming strong. The Indianapolis Colts or the Indianapolis Colts, as some other people say. All right, so let's talk about it. Claybon already Wow, Claybon is back after only missing one team? We, well, did, we did the ad read, Claybon, while you were gone, but still. Just uh, the ad read? Yeah, sorry, bro. Yeah, we – I. what's the news? We I thought that we had a, an update on the solution. It turns out the newsroom has just given up on getting an update from the NFL oh, on whether or not this game. Soldier on an NFL So media. we just taped an update, and that's it. Okay, all right, let's start with the Colts. Okay, so – we know the situation. We know the situation that we don't know the situation. Andrew Luck, is he going to be ready for the start of the season? It increasingly feels like he won't be, even though we haven't been given any official word. Scott Tolzien under center, uh, three first downs and a total of three points in the first two games. That's Hackenberg-esque. Uh, they were a little better against the Steelers. They scored a touchdown. They had seven first downs, so there was some progress. So here's, here's the big question for me if the Colts have any chance this year. First of all, Luck's got to come back sooner rather than later. But their schedule is somewhat favorable in the first month. At Rams, home against Cardinals, home to Browns, at Seahawks, home to 49ers. Not a cakewalk, but not a tough schedule. Can they survive for a month if, let's say, that's how long we're missing Luck? Because it's all hypothetical. I'll just throw a month out there. Claybon. No. They, okay. They can't. Uh, the, the Titans are going to be better. It, the somebody out in the West is going to make a push for the wild. It's it's 
the options for the Colts with no luck for a month are zero to me. The options are that the rest of the AFC South is bad if that happens. I don't think that'll happen, but that they that one and three doesn't kill you. That he maybe he comes back, he misses four games, they're one and three, and he can at least fight to bring them back into the mix. If you're Chris Ballard, I mean, I I thought he did a lot of good things this offseason. They've had some terrible luck. The whole situation with Andrew Luck, if he if you know it, the whole point was to make this team not so dependent simply on luck alone. That there'd have to be more around him, and it feels like it's almost never been more in this direction. That because we, of the quarterback. Well, right, but it's like uh, other teams lose quarterbacks. Like this team could go two and fourteen if they didn't have luck in the lineup. Mm. I mean, you put Derek Anderson or whoever a good backup quarterback on that team, and I think they would have a chance. But they have so many. Que- they're going to be starting seven or eight new guys on the defense too. They they have injury, you know, they have injury their their center is injured. Jack Muhor is injured right now. They they've got all sorts of issues. That luck's not even the only one. Let's say he does miss that first month, which would be five games. And they go in the tank. And he's uh, are you going to rush Andrew Luck back if you if you no. put yourself no. in a really bad position it's the, early in the season? They And I'd be worried if I were here. Chuck Pagano about my job because you've essentially you're on your second chance in Indianapolis and it's very questionable if he stays there all year if, if they really dive bomb. If he keeps them afloat, it'll be his best coaching job. Now, he's done some fire and brimstone speeches already where he's like He's it's like no more. They had a big headline. No more Mr. Nice Guy. And they had Chuck, you know, mm. kind of yelled at his team. And they did respond with a nice preseason game. I don't know if that means anything. This schedule they have could not be easier if you even look past the first month. So who knows? T- Tolzien got suckered into another terrible interception. Ryan Shazier just completely uh, had him walk into an easy pick. You could just see that happening a lot if he's going to play. I mean, the Colts probably see the Browns and think, oh, that's a winnable game. But now the Colts are the team that the Rams should be looking at, that everyone's looking at and say, hey, we got the Colts. That's right. a win. Uh, Mark Sessler, you're up. All right, let's go to Jacksonville. Two basic questions. I, I'm, we, we've talked about the Jacksonville Jaguars so much, and to me it feels like nothing's changed at all. But do the, one question here. Do the Jaguars have any idea what they want to be? Part two, and after another hopeful offseason, is this already a lost year in Jacksonville? <laughs> no. Not yet. Uh, well, well, but it's, it, it's it has trending the earmark, that way. It has it's the earmarks of it, and I don't like to say that because that fan base Football. deserves better. Too unpredictable. Identity was your first question? Yes. I think they might, which is give the ball to Leonard Fournette 20-plus times, take the ball out of the quarterback's hands, which it's not just hinting. It's not just, oh, we're picking this up from watching preseason games. The head coach said, we do not want to throw the ball ever. Now, does that work? Does that work in 2017? No, but that's what they're going to try to do. Tell everybody. And the deal. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Just let everybody know. Maybe he's all setting everybody up. He's going to throw it 50 times a game. I don't know. But – the defense, Greg, tell me I'm right or I'm wrong. The defense was actually pretty good last year, and if that defense takes the next step and Fournette's the real deal, maybe they can win some of these close games again in a bad division. I mean, they were featured in 2017's Making the Leap. This defense, I believe it's a top-10 group, partly because of Calais Campbell. Man, he had a monster game in, in their last preseason game, dominated uh, the couple quarters that he played. You, you add him to a lot of talent around him, I mean, making the leap, an entity with a flawless track record. So if you're a Jaguars fan, just we w- sit back and enjoy. <laughs> we went with a new strategy this year, just went for four groups. So it would be really easy to keep track of whether we got them right or not. At yeah. what point does, does Brandon Allen not become a part of the conversation? I, I just I wonder, seeing Chad Henney and Blake Bortles and what they do, um, it's, it's perhaps time this is the Vegas, to consider Allen. The Vegas prediction ever, but something's going to happen here 
this weekend. There's going to be some big trades. I don't know if it'll be the Jaguars necessarily, but it wouldn't surprise me. Between the Jaguars, the Jets, the Ra- the Ravens, and the Colts, I feel like there's cards left to be played. Not just Kaepernick, but just things we don't even see coming. Well, on I think the show, we happen. talked about potentially Bortles heading out and Kaepernick heading in in Jacksonville. There's still time for that to be correct. Mm, very <laughs> interesting. Yeah, we didn't even we haven't even talked since they announced him as the starter, which seems Blake Bortles is their week starter. I, d- I don't understand how well, they reached that decision. I don't know. In general, the preseason used to make a lot of sense the way it was structured. And now what, from how much teams are playing their guys to now you're starting your guy in week three and then not making him your week one starter. Things are changing, and I don't like when things change. Like, Henny played fine in that game. Not great. Bortles certainly didn't play great. He threw it. He had a terrible first drive and a bad interception on yeah, it. It's, it's a baffling yeah, you, decision. If you throw a touchdown against Eight, the fourth-string defense at the six, end of the game, five, that does not mean four, that you should now be the starting three, quarterback. Two, uh, what kind of coaching is this? I think they mentioned his mobility was the reason, they did. which was a nod to their lousy offensive line. All right, Claybon, finish out the division. All right, so we've discussed uh, Blake Bortles, Tom Savage, and Scott Tolzien. Marcus Mariota kind of seems to be the outlier in that group of guys and and you look over on the other side at the defense the front seven is largely intact but they go out and they get logan ryan and if logan ryan can get the calls that he used to get in new england he, he can be a, oh, stop. <laughs> a guy that, that makes plays if he can be Damn. as grabby wow. um, as he was allowed to be Sub-tweeting there Greg. uh jonathan cyprian uh they they harvest him from jacksonville comes over uh gets four years 25 million dollars and so, eventually, they're still going to have some problems. Mariota is, at some point, going to throw an interception in the red zone. That streak's going to die. <laughs> and we're all going to be sad uh, mm-hmm. when it happens. But Jack Conklin had that uh, the best rookie year from, for an offensive lineman. Um, Eric Decker is, is going to come in and be a difference maker for Mariota that he hasn't seen before. Like, mm-hmm. we haven't had Marcus with that guy other than a Delaney Walker, but now we have somebody that can play on the outside, uh, move into the slot. Um, I, I I really see so many paths in the division, but the most paths I see wind up with the Titans winning it. The one thing I like about Tennessee under John Robinson is that I just asked about the Jaguars. It, there is no question what the Titans want their identity to be. And they've done a good job in quick order of making that a reality versus something they just talk about. And it's weird. It's a weird feeling in, in Nashville, but this has to be viewed as if they if they can operate and improve and, and, and live up to their potential, this is their division. That's that's something that also veteran teams that do that year after year know how to attack that those expectations. It's just a question if Tennessee can get it done with so many young players on the team. The two things that I... I want to see. One, can Marcus Mariota stay healthy, which we haven't seen in the first two years. And number two, if you remember this time last year, the Titans were the team that everyone was pumping up in this division. And then they came out and they kind of laid an egg. And it took them a while to get going. And then eventually they did and they finished 9-7. and seven. But even then, with that 9-7 and seven finish, the game that Mariota got hurt, they were kind of tanking a game, uh, not on purpose, against the Jaguars, uh, where they got beat bad to basically ruin their, their season. So... I want to see this team kind of put it all together because it didn't happen last year despite the positive strides. The the secondary, I believe, has been a huge problem for a long time, and so they had addressed it aggressively. But those don't always work. Like Logan Ryan, to, he, he had a rough 
first preseason game. I'm not going to get crazy about that. He's not a number one cornerback to me. Adoree Jackson is an undersized guy who Mike Glennon shredded yeah. uh, on Sunday and really picked on in his starting for that team. LaShawn Sims is another guy they might start. So to me, they have Ten. questions. They could really use Corey Davis to get healthy. He missed the Seven. entire first month, but Taiwan Taylor. Five. He's the rookie on this team, the third-round draft pick, who I think is going to be a bigger factor than Corey Davis early in the season. We all have the Titans winning this division. Wow, we're, I don't like being of the same mind this much. I, I, I would do. love to pick. I do else. because I'd like one team that we hype up in the offseason in the AFC <laughs> South to not be a complete disappointment. Right, I'm picking the Titans. I'm not. I'm not getting off of it. I'm close to the Texans. Going with the Texans. It's a safe. Feels like the safe, secure. You know, not in a negative way, Dan. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go with the Texans. All right, finally, the AFC West. <laughs> Congratulations, uh, Texans. All right, finally, AFC West. Greg, get us going with the defending. Well, they didn't win the title last year in the division. The Raiders, go. Should be great on offense. Not worried about that. Have a good-looking, uh, great quarterback. Hit me. Derek Carr. <laughs> uh, who should be ready. So I'm not worried. The offense okay. is going to be good. The, the defense... I still don't know why I should think they're too much too um, why they should be any better. These are some of the players that are playing uh, the linebacker for them: Jelani Jenkins, Tyrell Adams, uh, Corey James. Like they are still figuring out who their starting linebacker group is. David Amerson got hurt in their last preseason game. They haven't seen their first round pick Gary and Conley on the field really at all. They're optimistic he get back Sean Smith they were saying might not even make the team like that is a, a weird looking back seven and I worry a little bit about this team that they had so much success and they're feeling themselves and and can they do it again because it's not that it happens that you win 11 or 12 games not many organizations can do it year after year like it just doesn't happen yeah, I don't think they're built to go 12 and 4 again Record-wise, I think they weren't a 12-4 and four team last year, to be honest. I think they were much closer to a 10-6 and six team, and that's probably where they'll be. I, I am not in love with the assumption that your Marshawn Lynch is going to come in and be a workhorse back for you. They do have depth in the backfield, but they're going to probably have to score 25 points a game to get out of this division. This is, they're in there. Talk about some, some of these teams in the easy schedule. Their schedule is brutal. If you look at, they have to play in their own AFC West. Yeah. The, the number of close games that the Raiders won that even came down to fourth down conversions. It, is that kind of success, something that you can duplicate in this league year hmm. after year after year. And no, the numbers show that those are the teams that typically have a, you know, quick route in the other direction. I think they would, what they need is for their offense to go from one of the best, you know, five, six, seven offenses to the point where they're in the mix as the best offense right. in the league, which is certainly possible. Like, you can imagine with that line and Carr and Crabtree and the deep backfield, like, you can imagine that they have the best offense in the league. To me, that's their recipe. I like these beeps back. <laughs> we didn't forget you, Raiders. No, nah, we didn't forget about you guys. We feel very good about you guys. Any other points, guys? Well, I think it's interesting that the you know the announced move to Las Vegas has had seemingly zero impact on this team <laughs> at all. Yeah, I, I, it would tear other other cities and their fan fan base t completely apart. It's had literally no effect. The Marshawn factor. Eight, I yeah. think Marshawn Seven, came in and fixed all six, that. That was kind of a savvy move because four, it kind of did throw three. it off the center. But if they go, if they start out two and three, and the fans <laughs> are a little upset, that might be a factor. The Denver Broncos. Huh. The Denver Broncos. Boys, they're a little bit overlooked in this division right now. 
Okay, let's let's look at it this way. If Trevor Simeon is a league average starter, isn't this defense good enough to make them a threat in this division? And if Trevor Simeon, as Greg seems to contend, is an above average starter potentially, or is Say, he even, I'm just saying, let's not rule it out. Good. Why do we have to rule it out? All right, after calm one down. Year. I'm making your point for you that he, that he's good. Why can't they be a favorite to win this division? I, I just feel mm. like they they have been become an afterthought uh, two years after winning a Super Bowl. Uh, and we just we saw it again. We don't put a lot into the preseason. They shut down the Packers uh, with their starters on the field. Uh, Von Miller put a spin move on Jason Spriggs. Should be illegal. It's how good it is. You still got the no-fly zone there. I just think that this team, which can easily be 8-8, eight and eight, and the quarterback position would be, to me, the main reason why, and I still have doubts about them, but I'm also willing to say, there's no reason to think that they could be an 11 and 5, 12 and 4 team if some things go the right way on the offensive side of the ball. Thoughts? Kind of like the Bengals, I'm giving them credit to bounce back cuz I don't just think it's luck that they made the playoffs five straight years. I know they didn't win a game, but it's not just luck that the Broncos did that hardest thing in the NFL to do, which is win 12 games a year for four or five straight years. Right. They have a lot of those same players there and there's things to like. CJ Anderson it's like you get – he kind of has the one year on, one year off, or like he's very different dependent. He looks like a good C.J. Anderson this year. Jamal Charles showed a little something on Saturday night, and they announced that he's going to make the team. I like that. And then D'Angelo Henderson's look good. So that's a nice little backfield they got. Their undoing last year was, you know, being dealt with one of the worst offensive lines in the AFC, if not the entire NFL. And it cost quarterback injuries. They couldn't run the ball at will. They couldn't stop the run with their own defense. So you've got to turn that around. I think the offensive line is key for them to have a winning record. Paxton Lynch suffered a shoulder injury uh, in the Week 3 preseason game. He is now out of the mix for multiple weeks, um, it, it looks like. So Trevor Simeon, you know, you never want to see a guy go down, but there will be nobody looking over his shoulder. This is his team and his chance to run with this job, which is a pretty good situation for a former seventh-round pick to be in, especially with a team that has some weapons in place and a defense as good as this. Uh, I just think the Denver Broncos should not be overlooked, and they seem to be. Like, are they the third or fourth team that gets brought up when, in terms of, like, what are buzzy teams to talk about? In the well, I think it's just that they're, they're not the new, flashy new thing. No, not at all. And a lot of people sleep on Trev. Exactly. Been Team yeah. Trev for a while. Looks You've been Team Trev. I didn't know that. Yeah. Nine, That's good. Eight, you and Greg seven, have common ground. I'm just, if Jared Goff has the season four, that Trevor Simeon three, had last year, two, this year, one. people are going to be like, wow, Goff. He's really finally living up to his number one. Sessler. Sean McVay, quarterback whisper. Okay, uh, let's go to Kansas City, where I my issue with the Chiefs is is always the same. It's just that I, I feel like <laughs> I know where this it. is going. You're going to go 11 and five. You're going to lose in the playoffs. It's 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 a very nagging, annoying thing to observe <laughs> over the course of 17 weeks. If you're Andy Reid and you're still hanging around in the West, or if you're not, we always talked about uh, we talked about. Uh, excuse me. Patrick Mahomes uh-huh. as someone that simply will not see the field. No, the sky will fall and you know countries will take over America before Patrick Mahomes ever plays as a rookie. I ain't buying it. I think that honestly, although he's not perfect, he has a lot to work on, that we could see him this season. Do you believe that's possible? It's possible. But well, I, I what would it take? You, you mean to a, be two games under 500 halfway through the season or later, like a completely healthy Alex Smith and Andy Reid says, he, and they're contending. 
Andy Reid says, "You know what? No, we're going with we're going with that." Pat. Something occurs where the ceiling, this typical ceiling with Alex Smith, becomes obvious once again, and you've got a quarterback behind him that offers so many different traits. Yeah, you say the ceiling, and I get that he's not flashy, but it's not they're gonna. For instance, the last four seasons with Alex Smith at quarterback: eleven and five, nine and seven, eleven and five, and twelve and four. So this is a team that they win with a head coach and a, and a quarterback, and and perhaps they run out of juice. Uh, in January, because they get outclassed. Well, then why do you trade up for a quarterback if we're if everything's so well, you safe and secure in Kansas? Because City? I don't necessarily because believe you need to immediately throw the guy in the fire. This is the best situation for a young quarterback to come into. Smith is good, but not great. They they get to the playoffs, but don't win games. So they have the ability to kind of bring the kid in slowly and develop. And Smith I, is a perfect that bridge just, guy. That, how often does that happen in the NFL? Right. I just, I think I just wonder. Four, I think if they're four and six, that's your answer. Then, yeah, then maybe you try it. But I think they want to get Mahomes more seasoning. As exciting as he's been, I think that third preseason game in Seattle, if you watch them, he was very frenetic he's in that not game. Perfect. And he didn't, he didn't seem like he was quite ready, which is normal. Right. But the problem, the problem is, I don't think the Chiefs are going to lose enough for that to be. Mm. That's what I was saying. Like mm. they, they've been winners with Smith behind center. They're not been winning playoff games, but they would have to go into a funk that hasn't really happened uh, since he's been there. If they get the real Justin Houston, which they, re- they haven't had for a full season now for a couple of years, if they get the Defensive Player of the Year candidate Justin Houston, like that, that changes who they are to me. What I do if I'm them, I get, I put Sherman out there, Anthony Sherman, have him get popped by like major teams, best defensive players week after week, (laughs) drawing, you know, just deplete the rest of the NFL of resources. You know, but people just love to pop Sherman. Like he's just a magnet. (laughs) Five game suspension. I don't want to pound the table too hard for Alex Smith, but if he's on the Broncos, they would have been my division pick. I think Alex Smith is a pretty good quarterback. No, I would take Simeon over him. People think he's, he's picked it up. With the, the heat on his back. Close it out, Patrick Claybon. All right, uh, the 2016 Chargers managed to go one and eight in single score games. And uh, shouting out Justice Mosicata for this stat: uh, the first team ever to finish back to back seasons with a sub 500 record in in single score games. And so, like, mm. <laughs> you, you add that up and you look at the injuries, and it's like, well, this team's just really unlucky. Like, does luck exist? And so they they have problems on the offensive line. Um, they they would feel like they had addition by subtraction. They lose uh, DJ Fluker and Orlando Franklin, who weren't really playing that well uh, on the interior offensive line. They go get Forrest Lamp. And then promptly Forrest Lamp tears his ACL in camp, and so he's out as well. But there's, there's still so much to feel good about, and all the things that we liked. Year two of healthy Joey Bosa, a full year of Joey Bosa with no contract nonsense. Uh, he's able to get in. Uh, we saw him and Melvin Ingram team up for a sack, fumble, uh, touchdown return against the Rams. I I think this offense is going to score a lot of points, and I think the defense is, is going to make plays. They're going to rush the passer. Um the Chargers are going to be back. This is the, the why luck has to come back. back. This is why there's a lot of buzz about the Chargers being a potential. We're getting the longer version. Yeah. <laughs> What's we'll expecting this? <laughs> Sorry, Chargers fan. Your three minutes are up. <laughs> Season premiere.
Anyway, they're in the mix. Other thoughts about the Chargers? <laughs> don't, don't underrate the Philip Rivers Ken Wisenhunt connection at this point. The the two times that they've been together, and now they've got some continuity. Rivers has never had this much young talent around him. It's the most talent he's had, period, since about 2007. If the line is just average, you got difference makers at every level of the defense in terms of the pass rush, in terms of Casey Hayward and Verrett in the secondary. I love just, like, the top-tier, top-10 players on this team. This is Philip Rivers' time. This is the time to win the division. I'm with you. Pick them to go to the Super Bowl. Between That's right. You're all in. I'm all in. Between uh, Benjamin and Tyrell Williams, mm-hmm. it's tough to find two guys on one team that can just flat-out fly. Woo! I, fun to watch. And Keenan Allen it's and all Hunter on Henry paper. over the middle. The battle for LA is over. Everything looks good, and they certainly look like a better team than <laughs> the, the Rams. The battle for LA's over. The battle for LA never existed, it seems. <laughs> they're gonna. I think if they start winning, they're going to sell out their little uh, soccer stadium, and that will be, be a, ni- that was a nice, set, nice set buzz. Ad dismissively. Well, they drew 21,000 for the first game, which was a oh. bit troubling, let's be honest. Uh, but if they start winning, that will cure that, I would think. Uh, they just got to put it together, which they haven't been able to do for years now. And I, I don't want to be a, a doubter, but I, I got to see it, I guess. I love this Eight, division. Seven, Best division in football. Six, I would four, I would be pleased to just four, be assigned to be the three, AFC West beat two, writer and, like, cover one. all these four teams. <laughs> yeah, nerd out, Greg. I love it. Pick a winner of the division, though. It's the Chargers. You got the Chargers, Mark. They're winning the division to go to the Super Actually, Bowl? Actually, I have them a, as a wild card team. Wow. In the Super Bowl. Claybon? Broncos. Wow. Yeah. Dan convinced Sneaky. You. How about that? I will go with the uh, Raiders. So how about that? Well, four. Wait, you did not. You never actually picked the team. Well, I picked my divisional team, oh, yeah. the Chiefs, and they'll lose in the playoffs. Oh. So there we go. We got. We had all four divisions <laughs> represented. Uh, okay, that's it for around the AFC in 48 minutes. Yes, and, and the Chargers are in the mix of te- as team of ATL. Uh, we'll have to marinate any other teams we talked about. Uh, you know, something to think about. And then... Wednesday, we will do the NFC teams, uh, and uh, that'll be exciting. Patrick Claibon, you've uh, done an excellent job pinch hitting. Thanks, man. Uh, for what is a, a very important segment in society wise. I feel like uh, they're going to call you down because they did just oh announce that the game, the preseason game, will be played in Dallas. Oh, there you go. And uh, let me My throw God. something out here uh, in, in terms of what's going on down in Houston. Uh, donations to the Red Cross for those affected by Harvey can be made online or text Harvey to 90999. Donations to the Salvation Army uh, can be made online as well if you want to help out what's going on down there. Shout out to all our Houston listeners. Absolutely. Stay safe, stay dry, uh, and and good luck with everything. We'll be back Wednesday, as we said. Uh, So let's, let's move forward into the week. This is Dan Hansen signing off. For the Sizzler. Get well soon, buddy. Thanks. Claybon, the boss, and Erica Tamposi behind the glass. Some call her a loose cannon. Till Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.